This is AJ Vassar, the managing partner with Unleash You Now. And if you want to learn to level up and be successful through masterminds, then you should listen to my good friend Brandon Straza with the Mastermind Effect. It'll change your life. You love to learn, grow, and improve yourself, but you're still not where you want to be? The right mastermind can be the ultimate secret weapon when it comes to personal development, but trying to find the one that's built for you isn't always easy. Welcome to the Mastermind Effect, the one and only show that focuses on helping you cut through the noise, invest in yourself, and move past your natural limits. This is everything you need to know about masterminds, brought to you by your host, Brandon Straza. Hey, everybody. Today, we've got the managing partner of Unleash You, AJ Vassar. He gets into why he went from theory to application and from reading to doing AJ explains that when you work with him, you're either going to die or reach your goal. And AJ talks about how he's creating an accountability academy that you're going to want to be a part of. Check it out. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show where you know I believe the only way to unlock your potential is to tap into the experience of others. And today, to help us do that, we have got the managing partner of Unleash You, AJ Vassar. AJ, welcome to the show, man. Hey, it's great to be here. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. Super excited. When the listeners realize all the value that you're bringing today and they want to reach out to you either personally or through social, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Um, it's just my, my name, AJ Vassar. All of my social media is AJ, V as in Victor, A-S-S-A-R. Um, that's the best way. And I read everything. So. so here's the thing. Do me a favor. Listen to what I'm saying. AJ has given you how to reach out to him. And we'll have it in the show notes as well. But I urge you, listen to what he's saying and reach out to him because you're not going to get a bot. You're not going to get an assistant. You're nope. going to get AJ. Yep. That's how I have my life set up so I can do that. There you go. Perfect. All right. Let's, let's dive into it. You know, our ability to learn has really changed over the last 5, 10, 15 years and who we have access to. When you and I were younger, it was textbooks and teachers yeah. and uh, parents, family, friends, coworkers, but that's really a sliver of what's possible. How has your learning changed from your early years versus today? From my early years, it was a bunch of theory. It was a bunch of books. Today, it's a bunch of application and, and making it happen. And so it's no longer just hearing about it, it's doing it. That's probably the biggest difference, right? Back in the day, it was, it was read it, now it's do it. So I learned through doing, I learned through failing. And that's probably one of my biggest secrets is that I set failure goals because I realized I learned the most when I failed. And, and go a little bit deeper because you had mentioned that I had seen a post out there recently mm-hmm. and I forget where it was, but you, you said failure goals. Mm-hmm. Kind of dive a little bit deeper because I think people might sit there and be like, well, what do you mean a failure goal? And why is the outcome so positive for you and the people that you work with? Explain the failure goal a little bit. So to me, when, when, we, when we start something, we always want to win, right? That's, that's everybody's thing, which is good. It's cool to want to win. But in order to win, you're going to have to learn the game. You can only learn the game by failing, right? And failing doesn't make you a failure, right? I believe that that failing is part of the process of success. So a lot of us, we never get to success because when we start failing, we think that I'm doing something wrong when you're actually doing something right. So when I'm, when I'm thinking about setting failure goals, what I'm actually doing is I'm saying to myself, if I set this up, then I want to make sure that I 
not focus on success because then I might get depressed. I didn't do it. It didn't work out. This is sad. It didn't work. I'm beating myself up. But when I set a failure goal, it's like, yo, I'm getting, I'm this closer to success because I failed at this, but I learned. Right. So I also teach failing successfully, right? Because you can fail poorly or you can fail successfully. So I teach failing successfully because whenever we, when think about this, the Super Bowl happens, right? Every year, right? Think about what happens at the end of the game. What does the winner do? They put their hands up. They're celebrating. You know what they're not thinking about? All the things they could have improved, right? Which is typically why the Super Bowl champions don't make the playoffs the next year, right? If you look at the... Unless you're Tom Brady and, and Bill Belichick and now just Tom Brady. Yeah, now just Tom, right? So it was just almost just one person, it seems like, right? But if you look at it, why is that? And it's because whenever we fail, we, I mean, whenever we win, we celebrate. Whenever we fail, we contemplate. So I want to put myself in contemplation to see how can I get better? How can I improve? How can I become better as a person and learn from this? And I know the only way I'm going to learn is if I experience the failing process. It reminds me of something I was having a conversation with someone recently or in a group, and they say we only reward or celebrate when someone digs themselves out of a hole. We never reward someone for never getting in that hole. And I think if you go about it from the standpoint of setting those those failure goals, you might find a way to also maybe, you know, not get in that area and and, and celebrate your moments when you don't get in that arena. So my thing is, why not celebrate the whole process? Why not celebrate getting in it and getting out of it, right? Because that's so I'll give you an example. When 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 we were first talking and, and you invited me on, right? I could have said no. I could have said, you know whatever, right? And then you would have had to ask yourself like, well, why did that happen, right? Well, once you realize why it happens, people will say, well, if you wouldn't ask him, you wouldn't have dug yourself in that hole. Well, also by giving yourself the, the by putting yourself in a position to dig yourself in a hole, then there's great outcomes and then there's other great outcomes. One great outcome is I say yes. The other great outcome is, is that you learn why I said no. Right. Because if you learn why I say no, then when the next person comes on that you really want to interview that person that's on your dream 100 list or your dream top 10 list and they give you that same thing that I said, you already know how to deal with that. Yeah. And here's the thing that I, I want to urge anyone that's listening right now. If AJ said no to me, which he didn't because we're obviously having the conversation. But if he had, I would have said, hey, I get it. Would you mind letting me know, you know, why this isn't a fit for you now? I might hear an answer that I might not like and that it, it hurts me. You know, you don't have enough downloads. Your audience isn't big enough. You know, if he had said, hey, we're just not aligned in like what I do and what you do, I should have probably known that one going into it, like our mission, vision and values, you know, aligned. But ask why someone says no. no. What's the worst they're going to say? No, again, I'm not going to tell you. Exactly. And that's that's the thing, right? So think about it. Every sale I've ever closed, I never asked them why they say yes. Not too many salespeople say, well, why did you say yes? Because then you start, it seems like, well, should they have not said yes, right? Oh, but, yeah, I can't imagine that, you know, like, wait, you said yes? Like, Right, it's like, well, why did you say, right? No, we have to ask them. The only time we get actual feedback is when they say no. We very rarely get feedback when they say yes. The feedback comes from the no. Yeah. So I need, that's just as important as a yes to me. 
and I want the people out there, since we're talking a little bit about sales, and I don't believe sales in life is sales. It's really offering something to solve a problem. You That's know, if, if you aren't having to sell anyone, but when someone comes to you and you don't know how they came to you, ask them, you need to know where to put those resources. Hey, thank you so much for giving us, give me a call, whatever line of work you're in. By the way, how'd you end up hearing about us? You'll get more people to say, oh, I found you on the internet. Oh, I found this. And that's their first answer. If it's very vague is not the right one. Keep digging till you can find out. Cause number one, you need to go thank that person that probably sent them to you, you know, thank you card, whatever that is. And number two, it's important. So you know that customer journey and you can start putting more resources towards that person that sent you somebody. So. 100%. Yeah. 100%. No, I totally agree. Yeah, totally agree. Well, you know, kind of staying in the, the, the people realm and learning from people, we have more ways to take in information than ever before. And actually it can be a little too much. It's almost like information overload. You know, some people, they use an accountability partner, a coach, a mastermind, a mentor, online courses, lots of ways to learn, obviously. Who are you currently learning from? And more importantly, how did you connect with them? We have a mastermind group down here that I connect with. And I actually got introduced to them randomly. We were both selling a, uh, we were both vendors for a company in the U.S. And we, he, they, the company brought all of their vendors on and we were just introducing ourselves and, you know, and the owner said, uh, hey, we're going to have to go to Medellin to uh, kick it with Ron. I was like, what? So I, I, you know, private checked him and I was like, yo, you're in Medellin? No, he said Colombia. And I was like, yo, you're in Colombia? And he was like, yeah, I'm in Medellin. And I was like, yo, I'm in Medellin. And he was like, oh, really, where at? And I was like, well, I, I stand in Poblado in energy. He was like, yo, my place is five minutes from energy, right? And I was like, yo, that's crazy. We got to hook up. And then I went to his Facebook page and I was like, bro, you went to Illinois State? And he was like, he was like, yeah. I was like, I'm from Alton. He was like, I'm from East St. Louis. We grew up, we grew up 15 minutes away from each other. But it was being in the circles, being in those different circles that made the connection. So, I mean, and we challenge each other. I believe that accountability without consequences isn't accountability. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So you say, say that one more time, because I want that to sink in. Say that one more time, please. Accountability without consequences isn't accountability. Yeah. It's not. So if you, if, if people go to my, uh, if people go to my, my page and look and scroll back, they'll see that myself and Ron, we, we keep each other accountable. So he had, uh, and, and there, so this is how we do it. You pick your goal and you pick your consequences. So he set a goal. He didn't hit it. And his thing for not hitting it was if he didn't hit it, he owed me 500 mil pesos, which is like a little under $200. So he didn't hit it. We went to a restaurant. He filmed it. He paid me the 500 mil pesos. And my goal, I did hit. And I think my consequences were worse than his because I was going to have to clean his apartment on Facebook Live. Uh -uh. And this is a dude that has a maid. So, right. So he was like, hey, I gave my maid the day off today because he was waiting for me not to hit my goal. And the embarrassment of me cleaning his apartment. And I have to tell people, I'm not above cleaning an apartment. I didn't want his commentary in the background. That's what I was scared of. Because like he's the type of dude, like, and, and we're, you know, we're God, right? So he's the type of dude that will take every one of his glasses and lick the top of it while I'm cleaning just to be like, hey, wash it again. <laughs> right? 
So those were consequences I didn't want because I didn't want them. It's a project I've been putting off for a year that I got done in 14 days. One year, 14 days, accountability without consequences is not accountability. accountability. And that's, we're going to get into more of that, but that is the power of being in a mastermind. That is the power of having a coach, an accountability partner. And, and you just, I can't stress that enough. So, wow. Thank you for sharing that. And, um, gosh, I got to assume I'm never going to see you clean his place. (sighs) That is not part of my plan. So this, this time I'm actually going to put it into, uh, I'm going to ask my Facebook community, what do they want my consequences to be this month? Because we do it every month. Every month we give ourselves consequences. So I'm, I'm going to ask them, hey, what do you want my consequences to be this month? And I'll, I'll select one of the consequences that I know I really don't want to do. And, and you have to be honest with yourself, right? You can't say like, oh, my consequences is, you know, I'll have to walk three miles. If, if you like walking, that's not really a consequence, right? That's <laughs> not a consequence. Yeah. Yeah, but like, I didn't want, like, I feel like it has to be something that embarrasses you and that's going to hurt a little bit. Yeah, pain pain into pleasure to make sure you don't get there, but let that sink in. Something that you had put off for a year, you were able to accomplish in 14 days because of accountability, because of the right consequences that would have pursued from there. So yeah, that's, wow, love it, love it. All right, moving on, you know, talking, you know, still staying on people, I feel that they get stuck and sometimes we don't know how to accomplish what's in our head. The world's still going through a pandemic, but I think it causes a reset in how we're able to accomplish things, how we're able to move the needle and and get results. How have masterminds helped you when you're looking to reset and get unstuck? So a lot of times when we're stuck is because we lose sight of our purpose. You know, there there's a quote that I love that says, it's hard to see the picture when you're the frame, right? What masterminds do is my mastermind group down here they get to look at my picture from unbiased eyes and they get to tell me, hey, this is what we're seeing, right? The good and the bad. So you're stuck because of this. And it's like, well, nah, I, you know, and I can make all the excuses I want, but they're like, yo, we see the whole picture, right? The one thing that I always tell people is, tell me how your face looks without looking in the mirror, right? We can't do it because we look out, right? They can see, right? People can, you can, you can look at my face and tell me how my face looks and I can do the same for you, but I can't do it for myself without a mirror. And masterminds are that mirror. Wow. Masterminds are the mirror. The person in the mirror is the mastermind. That's, that's, I love that just in how you look at that. And I've heard it a couple different ways. You know, you can't see the, the label through the jar. You can't see the forest through the trees, but the reality is, it helps us solve problems. It helps us see around corners that we can't see. It keeps you from stepping in that next landmine because guess what? Work with someone like AJ and he's been there. He's done that. And if not, you surround yourself with the people that have so you can be like, oh, I've seen this experience before. Yeah. And it's it's changing. So, I mean, masterminds, they've been around for a hot minute. Probably the first one was the apostles, if you think about it. And then- yeah. Benjamin Franklin creates the Junto Club or the Leather Apron Club. And then this guy by the name of Napoleon Hill writes a book and kind of brings it full circle on what a mastermind is. As there continues to be a huge boom in self-education, where do you see the parallels going between self-education versus standardized education? I think self-education is going to take over because standardized education, it has, it's too much fluff. 
It, it really is, right? For the amount of money that you spend, it's way too much fluff. And then when I get finished, the first thing that a job tells me is, do you have experience? Well, what was I doing for the last four years? Right? So it's, <laughs> right? So it's like, yo, I remember my, uh, my junior year in college, I had to take jazz appreciation. Like, come on, yo, why, why am I taking jazz appreciation? Like, look, jazz is cool, but I don't need that, right? If I want to, like, and I had to I had to spend money to do that, come on, right? When I can go to a, a conference, I remember I took my cousin to, to a, a self-education conference, and he told me, he said, man, I learned more in these three days than I learned in four years in college. Yeah. If you want, I, I've said this before, if you want to be a doctor, a nurse, an engineer, you want to be something like this, if you're operating on me, please go get that piece of paper, please. I urge you, you know, because yeah. it's more than just a piece of paper. I don't mean to diminish the value of that. But geez, I mean, if you're looking for to be a salesperson, a, a marketing person, a, I mean, so many different industries. Yeah. Gosh, you can learn it like from somebody else that's doing it right now. Yeah. I mean, even if you think about doctors, like the doctors, they, they, what they get in college, the standardized education, to me, it really isn't much. It's when they go into their doctorate program where they're getting experience. That's why they have residency, right? That's where, so yes, you get the knowledge, but the residency is what starts to make you a doctor. You cannot become a doctor without residency. What's yeah. the residency for the average person that wants to go into sales? It's called real life, which is yeah. why self-education is going to supersede eventually, because I, I believe you have these, you know, you have owners like your Elon Musk and, you know, people like him. That's like, yo, college isn't necessary because they realize it's, you know, it's it, it used to be it used to be a bridge from going from your home. Right. With your parents over you having structure before you become an adult. Well, now the world moves so fast, we don't need that now. So yeah, this it's like, yo, get out there and start making it happen. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the reasons why we're building the success finder. Because right now you have standard education, you have trade school, and you're going to have the success finder right here. And I think what you'll see is standardized education will move more towards trade school per se, because I think that's unbelievably helpful internship programs we've called it different things throughout the years internships residencies trade school and apprentice yep and the success finder helps fill that that gap right there to get you to where you want to go faster you want to build that bridge you want to cut out the noise bring in the signal so you're making sure you're getting that experience to be able to move forward there you go yeah yeah that's good man that's because it's needed it's needed because this times are changing right especially when you realize that your degree typically doesn't matter five five to seven years after you leave college. I Mine doesn't mean I, I've got a degree in finance. And I mean, other than I've got that piece of paper, it, it opened some doors for me at one point. People that I've created businesses with, counterparts, they've never said, so where'd you go to school? Nobody cares. Uh, <laughs> the question is, can you get me results? Yep. That's the only question we care about now. Can you get results? And even the, your Ivy League schools, like... You can only push. I went to Harvard for five to seven years after that. And then people are like, okay, cool. So what's your results? Yeah. Like, what okay. What can you do for me now? Right now. Yep. Right now. Because after you get out of Harvard, really, and this is what I don't think people realize, after you get out of Harvard, a lot of times, yeah, they, they, they like the fact that you went to Harvard, but they want your network. 
Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, sometimes, you know, you, you mentioned there, you know, your network, the network that you can get if you go to a Harvard, it might be a network of those over here, but gosh, you can start growing that network in your teens. I guarantee you with how parents raise their children and you know how we're raising our six-year-old, he's going to have a network that's going to be so vast that he'll sit there and just be like, it's second nature. So absolutely. You and I are hundred percent on the same page when it comes to that. You know, Typically, when people invest in their future, they have a better than vague idea of what they're going to get. They know they know what the outcome is if they put in the work themselves. People that sit there and say, oh, this I didn't get this outcome. Well, most of the time, it's because they didn't put in the work. Now, it could also be because they found the wrong coach and mastermind because they went with a marketer and not a result leader. They went with a marketer, not an activator. And, and that's that's what happens. So what should people expect when they start working with AJ and enter your reality? Uh, the number one, expect to be pushed. Don't tell me your goal without thinking you're going to get to it. Because we're either going to, you're going to die or you're going to reach your goal. Like, those are your two options. <laughs> like, that's how I feel with people. Like, if you work with me, you're either going to die or you're going to reach your goal. That's that's that, right? Because any goal can be reached if you're willing to do the work. It's just, which one are we going to do first? Are you going to die first or are you going to get it? In my world, there are two options, their reasons and their results. You can keep your reasons because the only thing I focus on is results. So that that's how I look at life. And the one thing that I would say to people is always get a coach that wants you to be better than them, right? There are so many coaches and so many courses out here where honestly, they really don't want you to be better than them. They want you to help them make money, right? but they don't want you to outshine them. I want everybody I work with to outshine me. That's why I teach. There is a satisfaction of seeing the people that I work with do better than me. Yeah, the wall of of testimonials is people that have exceeded what you're doing. And you don't have to promote that then. You don't have to sit there and share that. They'll preach it for you. Yeah. They will create the people that want to come to you. You're like, no, they had it in them. I just helped extract it a little bit. This was them. I was just happened to be part of the ride. That's it. That's it. I always tell people the Latin word for education is educere, which means to draw out. So the reason why I never feel stressed when I work with people is because I don't have to put greatness in you. I just have to draw it out of you. Yeah. Right. If I had to put it in you, then I would have to worry about my skills and abilities. But I just need to draw it out of you because you're already great. Yeah. Everyone has that ability. It's finding it. It's yes. having faith in it. It's having confidence in it. And the world is full of people that will sit there, the, the crabs in your life, and they don't want to see you come up. They're going to just keep flicking you to stay down with them. And that's why when you work with someone like an AJ, he's going to help you get rid of those crabs in your life. He's going to help build that up. He's going to pull the greatness that already exists there that you might not fully see. And he's going to sit there and he's going to take your Rubik's Cube and he's going to help you rearrange it and how it pertains to you to make your superpower shine. Yes, sir. So, yes, sir. you know, Typically, when, you know, as, when you're working with your people, you get to see the success stories. But, you know, sometimes we don't always hear about that. I feel that people still have a way of surprising us from time to time. Their grit, their grind, their willingness to learn and allow you to, to take that greatness out of them. Give us a success story of someone that you worked with when, when you started and where they ended up. They just, the, the outcome, even to them, was just like, oh, my gosh. I have a client. Her name is... I, I'm, I wonder if I should even say her name because she doesn't like her name out there. Uh, we'll call her Miss L. We'll call her Miss L. 
And she's a real client. People that are in my courses, they know her because she's in the course, right? But when she started working with me, she said, you know, I want to work with you, with you one-on-one because I want, I really want to move my business up to the, to the levels that I think I have potential for. And I was like, okay, that's perfect. Because my thing is always your commitment, your commitment needs to match your, needs to match your expectation. And I think a lot of people don't do that. They have great high, high expectations, but they don't have a high commitment. So we started working together. The first day that we worked together, she was talking about raising her. We went through her pricing structure and I was like, you charge too low. The first thing I told her, you charge too low. And she was like, well, you know, how do I charge more? So I showed her her very next phone call. She closed a $15,000 client. Very next call. Right. And she was so like, oh, my God, it worked. Like, May I ask where she was charging versus where she went to? She was charging a hundred, hundred and fifty dollars an hour. Okay. And I think her highest was like four hundred, five hundred dollars an hour. Okay. So what I want, I want to back into this because I'm, I'm a numbers person. I kind of yeah. geek out on the numbers. So, so if she if she got fifteen thousand here, was she charging ten thousand for that same type of thing before? And then how many people does she work with on a yearly basis? So she hadn't even set her highest price was was the hundred fifty dollars. Oh, oh. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't like, oh, we have a $10,000 package. No, I have a $150 thing. Like, we created the $15,000. Wow. Just created it. And she was like, can I do this? And this is my thing that I always tell people. Who said you can't? Yeah. Because when it comes, to, when it comes to, to money, this is what I always tell people. As long as you give more in value than you receive in payment, they win, right? Yeah. It's a triple win. Win, win, win. There you go. Right. So that, that was my thing. So we created it. It, it wasn't like she had, we created it out of thin air because I helped her see that she could. Right. Because of the value that she brought. Because of the value that she brought. Two weeks later, she's on the phone and she, she, she texts me. I know I'm sorry to do this. Can we have an emergency meeting? Like, all right, cool. You know? So she's like, um, I'm working with, I'm, I'm talking to this guy who has this company and they're talking about bringing me in. And I was like, all right, that's cool. And she was like, but I don't, I don't feel comfortable telling them this number. Right. So watch what I did. Watch what I did. And everybody won't agree with this because she was, I think at the time I was charging her, I think $10,000, $15,000, something like that. So I told her, okay, you need more time because you need me to help you with this. Right. So I'm going to charge you $30,000 to work with me. And she was like, for real? Yes. Is it going to cost you $30,000 to work with me? Now, I'm already working with her at this level, but you need to go to a different level. So you're going to have to make more of a commitment. She said yes. Now, this is what people don't understand about saying yes to yourself and investing in yourself. Okay. She said yes to that. The owner of the company wants to pay her 30000 plus to coach him, plus he wants her to coach their whole organization, which I believe she makes like between eight to 10 off of each employee. But the reason she was able to do that now is because she now knows, hell, if I can invest that in myself, then they can, I can ask them for that same thing. A lot of times we have a problem charging higher prices because it's incongruent with what we've paid before. Again, there, there's another thing I want you to, I want anyone listening to sink in. Say that one more time, man. I keep pulling these things because what you're saying right there, I want the people to understand this one more time. 
a lot of times we have a hard time charging higher prices because it's incongruent with what we've invested in ourselves. And the biggest investment in your life, more better than the stock market, better than the housing market. And yes. I'm in both of those, okay? But I can't control those. Not so at all. if you're not willing to invest it in yourself, how is someone else going to do that? The biggest ROI is yourself because you can control yourself. You can't control the market and you can't control the housing market. Correct. Correct. And people people can feel it when you haven't invested in yourself, but you're asking them to invest in themselves. They feel like that. I believe we have more than five senses, right? I, I, right. Intuition, all of that stuff, right? I believe people can feel it when you're being incongruent. When you've never made a when you've never made a significant investment in yourself, how how can you in good faith ask somebody to do the same? Yeah. It doesn't work. You don't even know what they're going through. You have no idea the mental, the mental flashes and the mental grenades that are going off in their head, wondering, is this possible? Can I work you through it? It's easy for me to work people through that process because I've been there. I know exactly what they're thinking when they hear that big number because I've been there. Yeah. And and here's what I want to say. So with what AJ's saying right there, he is a leader. He's not a rescuer because there's the, there's the, I don't know if you've ever seen the diet, the, the triangle, you got the rescuer, you've got the victim and you've got the villain, but the villain's really created by the rescuer and the, the victim because there really are no villains when you think about that. And so AJ is a leader. He's not there to rescue you there. He's not your savior, but he has taken, he, he is not in, in that role. He is a leader and he just extrapolate, extrapolates that from you. That's it. That's simple. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once we're congruent, it's amazing what we can do. Yeah. Congruency and belief moves mountains. There you go. Yep. I, that's why I say the the mastermind effect is the pebble in the pond. Yeah. Success finders the mountain in the ocean. Each one has mm -hmm. a ripple effect on what's important and what it's going to do, and that's why you work with AJ. You move that mountain. You make that ripple effect in the ocean. So. All right, we got a few more here as we're coming closer to the end. And we talked about this a little bit in the beginning, but on our solo shows, we talk about success and the pillars of success and what it takes to be successful. And a few of them, you know, throughout there that we've talked about are our mentorship, experimentation, partnerships, willingness to fail. And on the flip side, willingness to define success. Because once we have defined success, we in essence have defined failure. And that's why so many people out there just won't sit there and define what success means to them. What is a key attribute in your mind? And if you want to expand on what we talked about earlier, but what's a key attribute when it comes to being successful? A key attribute is, is to actually know what success means to you. It, you have to. You can't use anyone else's definition because one of the questions that I pose to my students is, what is success to you? Because if you don't know what it is, stop chasing it. Because that's what we have right now. We have a lot of people chasing this imaginary thing they call success, Right. And to me, success is to me, success is a journey. It's not, it's not a thing. It's not a, a it's not a place I'll get to. Success is something that I do every day. When I show up here and I'm totally here, right? I, I have this formula that I have for success, 10, 24, 7, right? I believe the highest you can go is 10. So when I'm at a 10 at everything I do, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, that's success for me. So when I'm here, I am totally here. I'm not thinking about my business. I'm not thinking about anything else. But when I'm doing something else, I'm not thinking about this, right? To me, that's success. So success is something that I'm accomplishing all the time. I practice success. Just like people practice yoga, I practice success. 
And because I practice it, it doesn't mean I get it right all the time, but I improve daily on it, right? Success is a practice for me. So since I can practice it, it's not something that I have to wait to get later on, right? It's something that I, I practice every single day. Breathe it, live it, feel it. It's the see it, touch it, feel it. Oh, yeah. Then you exude and then it happens. Yeah. So I feel that there's always new ideas brewing in times of prosperity. It's like when the world's winning, it's easier to win. You know, when there's not famine and, and pandemics, it's just like wins come easier. But I think true grit and grind and ingenuity come when we feel the squeeze. The world still feeling the squeeze. Yeah. What are you working on right now that's going to take place over the next 12 months that excites you? It, it's actually my, and I'm still toying with the term, but the accountability academy. And it's because that's what I'm seeing is missing in a lot of people's lives is, yo, accountability is the key. Because if you have somebody that's going to kick you in the butt and that's going to, we as humans, we naturally will do more for somebody else than we'll do for ourselves. That's how our brains are set up, right? So when I know someone else is counting on me or I know somebody else is looking, I one of the things I say is, you know, people respect what they know somebody else is going to inspect. So when you have that person that's like, yo, come with it, you're going to do it. You're more likely to do it because we respect what we know someone else will inspect because then it's important. Yeah, we respect what we know someone's going to inspect. Love it. Love it. All right. Last one. And you've given so many. What is a tip, a tactic, an actual item that if anyone listening here today implemented in their personal or business life over the next 30, 60, 90 days would see real impact? Fail faster. Fail, like literally, attack failure. Like I know people say attack success. No, attack failure, right? But fail successfully, right? And, and I'll give you an example. When you say, okay, when you say, hey, I have this goal to hit, right? Well, if it's a chance that you may win at it, then once you win, you're done, right? Especially if it's something that, that's out of your control. But when I use something that's in my control, like talking to people, like I, I determine how many people I talk to. I don't determine how many of them say yes, but I determine how many of them I talk to. So if I'm talking, if I'm talking to, to 10 people and I say, you know what? I need two to say yes, right? Well, once I reach the two, what if the first two say yes? Then I stop. But if I say I'm talking to 10 people regardless, even if the first two say yes, I'm still down eight people, yeah. right? Go, go after felony. Go after it. If it'll change your life if you attack felony and you set failure goals instead of success goals. It'll change your life. Yeah. But you have to fail successfully, which means that every time I fail, I'm going to learn from it and I'm going to improve from it. It's surrounding yourself with the right people that are going to hold you accountable, yep. going to hold your, your, your true north and want to see you make an impact. We have got the managing partner of Unleash You, AJ Vassar. AJ, man, <laughs> thank you so much for everything you brought today. You're very welcome. It was my pleasure. Thank you for listening to The Mastermind Effect, your secret weapon for personal development. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to share with a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcast host so you won't miss a single episode. You're one step closer to experiencing the mastermind effect.